Hello, uh, my name is Chris Creason and welcome to the Impact Team podcast. As you may know, uh, particularly if you follow us already directly on LinkedIn or through our website, we recently formed a strategic alliance with IDAC Software, a pioneer in the emerging area of identity analytics. Today, we're launching a limited series of podcasts in collaboration with IDAC. Over the next five episodes, we're going to be explaining why cybercrime, ransomware, and insider threat pose possibly the biggest existential threat to businesses of this century. Why either unwittingly or deliberately, your staff are contributing to your company's downfall and what you can do to fight back. But before we get into it, here's a short story. On Friday the 21st of October of this year, the UK car retailer group Pendragon told the Times newspaper that it was under cyber attack and was being held to ransom by a sophisticated criminal gang known as Lockbit. But the attack itself had actually started over a month earlier and the hackers were demanding $60 million in Bitcoin with the twin extortion threats that they would both lock Pendragon out of their own data and release sensitive records to the dark web. But if you haven't heard this story, there's probably a very good reason for that. In 2022, there were 623 million ransomware attacks that we're aware of, similar to this around the world. And there's no reason to suspect that 2023 won't be anything other than another bumpy year for the cyber criminal community. I'm here with Mark Rothwell-Brooks, CEO of the Impact Team, and Mark Rodbert, CEO of IDAC Software, to talk about cybercrime and what companies do to protect themselves. Uh, already we have a small challenge in that we have a Mark and a Mark. So for the purposes of this discussion, chaps, uh, Mark Rothwell-Brooks, I'm going to refer to you as MRB, and Mark Rodbert, you get the privilege of just being known by Mark. Cybercrime you know, is seeing you know, such a prodigious growth as an industry. We read about it more often uh, than we ever did before, and you know, we're all aware of it, but perhaps not to, um, to the degree that we should be. Why is it that uh, we're seeing such growth in this uh, unofficial sector? So thanks, Chris. Yes, you're right. Um, ransomware attacks are increasing exponentially. I think the first thing to mention is it's hard to get reliable statistics in this area because typically uh, criminal activists and uh, companies do not publish uh, results. Um, but as far as we can tell, ransomware is increasing at a rate of about 700% per annum. Um, with a total cost to the industry worldwide of about $2.7 billion per annum. Um, again, uh, PwC tried to uh, calculate it and worked out that the rough return on equity for a cybercrime business is of the order of 7,000% per annum. So it's a very attractive business space um, to be in, the only downside really being that it's criminal. Um, so we're kind of becoming more familiar with um, uh, threat actors, be they nation states, uh, criminal organizations, uh, hacktivists or, or terrorist organizations. And, and clearly a lot of the companies that we're seeing um, coming into that hacking space are 
um, uh, fulfill a number of those different criteria. Uh, so I would say, you know, why is this happening? Well, there's a very fertile world situation. There's been a huge growth in uh, online transactions and the online world, which makes it very um, uh, very easy for people and make it a very fertile area for, for cyber criminals. Um, but also I think there's a certain failure of understanding in the business world to really see this as a business problem not just a, a, a technical problem. Thanks, Mark. Some some really sobering figures in there. I guess there's every chance that the uh, the real risk is greater even than the, the numbers you, you've just put to us. But interesting that you, you point out that there's a, a business problem as much as a, a technical issue to be resolved. So uh, let me turn this question to, to you, MRB. Uh, what can companies do uh, to address this issue beyond the fact that it's purely a purely technical remit? Well, yeah, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think traditionally this has been in the domain of the CISO's office. If I'm an operational line manager, you know, this is not really my. It's been viewed as not my thing, not something that traditionally I could necessarily influence to a greater degree, and that that really is 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 not the way that we perceive our clients and organisations should look at it. For effective cybersecurity, we do need behavioural change as a whole within the organisation to take responsibility. And, and our experience is that, you know, if you haven't got the tools, um, that's one thing. If you've not got the behavioural change behind those tools, that's even worse. So, you know, having the tools is very important to be able to present the correct tooling to the operational line management capability and to have that line management capability operate in a way where they take more active responsibility for this on a day-to-day, week-by-week, month-by-month basis, as opposed to what potentially is happening at the moment that we see these things are happening infrequently and is not viewed as important enough to make a difference. What can companies do to address this particular issue? It is that cultural change that's required um, along with the delivery of appropriate tooling to the right people at the right time. And in essence, that is why the Impact team has partnered with IDATS, because IDATS can provide that tooling. We can provide some behavioural change expertise. Thanks, Imobi. Mark, let me turn to you now. The last point there that MRB was making related to appropriate tooling. The thing with all great pieces of software is that they, they address a real problem with a enactable solution. Uh, could you talk us through um, what it is that IDAX solves? Thanks, Chris. So I, I think it's useful first to just step back a, a second and think about how does access management work? So there are uh, people traditionally think of, of three layers to access management, um, identification, authentication, and authorization. Now, to use an analogy of an ATM, identification is the point at which I put the card in the machine, and it says, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with Mark Rothbard. The second uh, piece, authentication, is... Um, when I type in my PIN. So I, I have to demonstrate something uh, that says I'm definitely Mark Robert, and, and then my bank knows that they're d- dealing with me and I'm authenticated. 
Um, but at that point, I'm only allowed to do certain functions. I can't take out more money than I have in my bank account. I can't uh, change details about anybody else's bank account. And that piece there, what I'm allowed to do when I'm inside the system, is authorization. And authorization is what IDAX is about. So we founded IDAX um, about five or six years ago uh, in order to really bring together the field of analytics and some of the new uh, technology that have been developed uh, along with the the challenge of uh, how do you make sure that, that people within your organization only have access to the things that they need. Typically, you can see when people move department or when they change jobs, you'll see them having excessive access. And what IDAX does um, is it looks at those uh, at the organization and works out who has unusual or anomalous access, and it brings that to people's attention. But clearly, all of that is is a challenge looking for a problem unless you can really mobilize the organization and unless you can get people to use the analytic tools uh, in a way that actually protects the organization. Thanks, Mark. I think that certainly makes it clear for me as to in terms of the solution that IDAX provides. But as you rightly point out, uh, it presents a, a different but related challenge. Uh, MRB, you know, you and I have worked together for a long time. We've seen the challenges that organizations face when trying to implement organization and cultural change. It does often appear to be very difficult to uh, make it impactful and for change to, to stick. Could you perhaps talk a little bit about how this might be addressed in the context of this specific issue around access management and the uh, the ways in which an organization might benefit from implementing the IDAX solution. Sure. What Mark says is, is, is absolutely true with regards to identification, authentication, authorization. And the majority of dollar spend in cybersecurity has been focused on the first two, the identification and the authentication. That's, you know, protecting your perimeter. When you're inside, the whole authorization piece becomes increasingly important. And, and because the majority of effort and focus has been making sure that the perimeter is secure, culturally, people think, well, you're inside, you're okay. So it is difficult. You know, the whole authorization process from a, from a change perspective in organizations is, is, is a difficult topic. You know, we've all been in organizations where as a line manager, it's your job and part of your role to make sure that the direct reports that report into you've got access to the right things at the right time and this is done periodically typically and when I say periodically typically infrequently you know once a quarter at best normally once a year now if you're a line manager and you've got a number of direct reports this this function of you know reauthorizing access to your people is something that's I've done it myself. I've been part of the problem. In the past, I've, I've said, okay, click, 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 click. I don't really spend too much time about it. I've certainly got no analytics to tell me um, that these applications are appropriate for that person in that role. And I don't really give it much thought. And that's because the cultural aspects of understanding how important this is, it is not really present within organizations. It, it's not 
an overt thing. It's 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 something that just happens. It's just we found ourselves in this scenario. You're inside, not outside. You're thought to be safe. You don't give it much um, brain time to think. What's the consequences of me granting these access to these people? And that's the issue. So culturally and from an organisational perspective, that needs to be addressed. Because only when you address that, and I talked before about you've got to have the tooling, you've got to have the tools to be able to be informed as a line manager that this is good, bad or indifferent. And these are the consequences of me granting this access to this person um, in the context of their role. And once you've got that analysis and that tools available to you, you've got to have the presence of mind and understanding and drilled into you culturally that this is a really, really important thing that you're doing. And the consequences of you maintaining a position of access which may not necessarily be required it could be quite grave uh, and and you know cybercrime and hackers exploit the fact that organizations are not as rigorous as they possibly should be with this particular aspect of their business risk uh, posture and and that's really what this alliance is all about is providing those tools and providing that business change Thanks, MRB. That's that's really helpful. I think through talking this through with you both, I've got a much clearer understanding myself of the broad issue, what the IDAX solution does to address it, and how the alliance with the impact team could help an organization reach a, a really positive outcome and be able to implement the use of that solution in a really effective way. Uh, in the next episode, we'll be exploring uh, how and why the cyber threat landscape has changed over the last few years. Uh, including the impact of, of COVID and, and how that situation has accelerated uh, some of the issues and, and, and concerns and risks that organisations face in this space. Uh, so we'll look forward to talking about that with you on the next episode of this mini-series of podcasts from The Impact Team. Thanks very much. Goodbye.